Joy is your compass. I love you, I love you, I love you. You guys are awesome. You look so beautiful today. It must be because it's a day of celebration. You all love my corniness, don't you? Come on. It started off corny. That's what Marlon said. Started off corny, but it's kind of catchy now. Today is National Kindness Day. It's National Kindness Day. So I encourage you all to be intentional today in doing an act of kindness for someone. Go out of your way. Just look around and do an act of kindness to someone. And as uh, Pastor Marlon loved to mention last week that I loved, I always have gift cards. (laughs) I'm ready to give out gift cards. I actually have another gift card. Um, And it was um, when I was walking that way, I saw um, Mark's sister. So I would love to give this to you, lovely lady. Did you get this, sir? Mark's sister and her um, daughter just want to say that you are loved, you are welcomed here, you are valued, and you matter. Thank you for coming today. And we always are intentional, uh, Marla and I, to count our blessings. So we have much to be thankful. There's no way I could pick one, so y'all just got to bear with me uh, because I got more than one. So first, I want to say thank you to Wycliffe Fearless Ladies, for we had nine fearless ladies that showed up on Friday for big fun. You know those boards that you put food on? Yeah. Those, say, say, yeah. Yes, those. We had so much fun, and everybody had something different. So it was really good. So I am so thankful for all you ladies that came out. That was a, um, that was big fun. And then uh, all of you, thank you for volunteering to serve. Wow! Last Sunday, um, when I you know presented the need for children's ministry up here, you all came out strong. Like nine. People volunteered to serve in our kids' church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, are, we already have some that um, returned their packets. We have one that's shadowing right now today. Um, so please, you, um, after service, um, if you have, have yours with you, bring those. I would uh, bring those to me after service. Um, also, in, in serving, wow, um, this week, I don't know if you all noticed, but last Sunday, Leaves were absolutely everywhere. You could not see the road. They were everywhere. Everywhere. When we drove in, Pastor Marlin was outside taking pictures of of it because they were everywhere. Somebody in here named Matt noticed the need and just took care of it. Like, Matt came after work. Yeah, Matt came up. Come on. Look at that. One man job there. Matt spent eight hours in two days because all this property is ours. Like, we got it all. It's not just the church. Eight hours that he spent of his time that blessed us beyond, wouldn't even take anything for it, man. Couldn't even get him, get him McDonald's, you know. He was just out there at night, and there ain't no lights. Like, you're a blessing. Thank you for serving so well. Thank you. Well, let's open up in prayer. 
Father God, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we surrender. I surrender. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, open our ears to hear your voice, our spirits to receive it, and digest it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I did want to thank the worship team. Thank you so much because I needed that this morning. Wow, I don't know why I, I choose the wrong days to drive separate from Pastor Marlin because it's a 50-minute drive. But I was like, I needed some more Jesus this morning. I wanted to just have some quiet time because it was so, I had such a busy um, weekend and all, all day yesterday running that I wanted to just, so I was like, yeah, you go ahead. I'm going to drive myself until I got on the highway. And I was like, no. No, we need another house out here. We need another house out here. It was not fun. Like somebody, you know, you, you know when you're, you get annoyed at the, those, um, that person who's like got 10 cars behind them because they're going real slow. Well, I don't know why they all stood behind me. There's four lanes on the highway. Like you could get around me, but for some reason they wanted to stay behind me. But one car chose to spun out behind me and they spun out on the highway on uh, downtown. Thank you, Jesus. Um, they didn't wreck, but they got control. But whew, I came in here and I was like, thank you, Jesus, for worship. Oh, you calmed me down and I'm ready. I'm ready to share the word of God. Let's do our declaration. Do we got that? There we go. The Lord will be a fire around, around this house and his glory shall be in our midst. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, raise your hand. I'll go first. If you have a pet peeve. I'm getting to that one. You ready? Raise two hands if you have two. All right, just stand up if you've got more than two. (laughs) I mean, you know, we probably do, right? We all got something that annoys us where other people would say, that's silly. Like, we all got something that annoys us. And if you've, you know, if you've been at my house once or just been around me, you look, Katie already knows. She's pointing to it. That's how well she knows me. I don't know why, but I have a problem with hair on the ground, on my floor, or, like, on you. Like, like on you, like, you know. I don't know why, but it gets me so anxious. It gets me so uncomfortable. Like, when you're, if you're at my house, even when... Even if I'm really tired, I'm already in bed, and I see, like, hair on my blanket or my pillow or something, I do not, like, pick it up and throw it on the floor. I literally will pick it up, put it on my nightstand, and then in the morning, I go to my nightstand, and I throw it in the garbage. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, my family knows me so well. Like, I could be looking this way, and I can see this way, and I can see them right here. You know, like, Marley, I have it. She'll see it. I I see you. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And it's not being a clean freak. It's just hair. But I, I realized that God is really working on me, or it's because I'm a grandma now, because I had a house full of girls with a lot of hair yesterday for Marley's birthday, and it didn't even bother me. I didn't even pay attention. I don't even know if there's hair on my floor right now. Let me just tell you, I went to bed, and my lo- husband loves me so much, I woke up, my house was clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good man right there. That's a good man. But how do you how many know that sometimes we give these little tiny insy bincy annoyances a little too much attention? 
Sometimes we can take that tiny little annoyance of somebody throwing hair on my floor and turn it into Mount Everest. Well, Pastor Marlon is so often up here telling on himself that, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick on myself today. Yeah. So one time, or maybe more than once, but I'm only going to tell you one time. One time uh, earlier this year, I, I let an annoyance get out of control. Um, we went to my sister's in Florida, and she, they were out of town, so we got the, it was like a free vacation. We got the house to ourselves. Oh, and hey, we do have a new person. Mrs. Hagen's is in the house. Yeah. Lamont and Tiffany got married last week. And, uh, and I'm so thankful that Miss Patty is back. We miss Price still, but thank you, Patty. It's so good to see you. Okay. Sorry, sidetracked there. Um, so, okay, so we're going to Florida for the week, and I'm going to still work there, so I have my laptop. And when we got there, you know, uh, the next morning, you know, it's, I told him, I was like, well, I've got to figure out how to hook up my laptop because I want to hook it up to the TV so I can see, you know. And uh, so he just goes downstairs and does his own thing, and it's taking me forever, and I'm getting annoyed because I don't know what I'm doing, and I have to work. Um, and he doesn't come back upstairs to check on me. You know, I'm not, I didn't ask him to, but he should have known, right? Um, so it's taking me forever, you know, and I come downstairs, and I've got an attitude on my face, and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I was up there forever trying to figure out how to plug in the laptop to the TV, and I probably said it that way, too. Um, and so we just go about our business. And then later that day, you know, we had to go somewhere. Um, and so we're in a car, you know, and I'm just, I'm annoyed. I don't even, I don't even realize it, that I'm being, like, just short with him. Um, and so he's so patient. And he's like, then he just says, oh, well, let's go find Starbucks for you. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, now you want to be nice. You, know, you could have helped me earlier. Um, but he's just out of the blue. He's like, hey, let's go find some Starbucks because I do love some espresso. So now we're driving, you know, going, um, Googling to get to a Starbucks. Do you remember this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to get a Starbucks, and it's just taking too long. Like, again, I'm still annoyed and don't even realize I'm still annoyed. So we pass up her street to go back to my sister's to go to Starbucks. And I just, I'm like, that's it, just forget it. Now we've done passed up the street. Now we've got to turn around and go back. I'm just done. Let's just go back. And he like looks at me. He's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, why are you being so short with me? And then I got quiet because I had to think about it. I was like, why am I being like this? So I was like thinking. I was like, oh, that was from this morning when you didn't help me set up the laptop. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> So, you know, it, <laughs> so this was, you know, a, a light-hearted example, but with no harm done. But there is a name for that, and that's called emotional sin. Hmm. Nobody wants to put the word sin on it. There is an emotional sin that is harmful. Is it can cause some serious damage to yourself, to those around you, and most important, to the non-believers out there who are looking to you and I to show them what who Jesus is and what Jesus looks like. This emotional sin was the is the hardest sin that I've ever been a slave to, but have been freed from. Bitterness. This is a picture 
of a bitter person, what a bitter person looks like on the outside. Yeah, you think you don't look like that, but you do. You do. This is what a bitter person looks like on the inside. Roots growing out of the heart like thorns. See, bitterness is the inability to let go. Unforgiveness, resentment, unresolved hurt, unresolved grief, anger will all cause a root of bitterness. Let's look at Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Forgiveness. Now let's look at Hebrews 12, 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The root is hidden. It's underneath, which is why often we don't even see it. It takes time for us to even recognize it. Another translation says, because of your bitterness, you choose to not let God help you, and you cause others to turn away from him, and you become poisonous. Man, there was a time in my life where I was full of bitterness, and I know the scripture, I know the word of God, but I never connected the dots. I never, it took, well, I shouldn't say never because I'm, I'm free from it now, but it took me forever to identify it as unforgiveness and then to even uh, identify it as sin. Like I was living in sin and didn't realize it. So the first thing that we need to, to know is how that bitterness gets in. How did, how did it take, that was the first thing I asked myself was, how did it take root like that? The seed is the hurt. The seed, that hurt, I grabbed onto it, put it inside, kept it safe. That's the hurt, is the seed. The soil is the heart that harbors the hurt. Grabbed a hold of that hurt, put it inside. And I kept it safe, man. I watered it with my thoughts. I watered it with my attitude. I took care of it, made sure that nobody could get a hold of that hurt. The seed is the hurt. The soil is the heart that harbors the hurt. The biggest, I think, misconception for many, which was for me, is that we want, I wanted to blame them for my bitterness. You planted that seed. You caused that hurt. You watered it because you continued to do it over and over. But the truth is, nobody can plant a seed in your heart. Nobody, no circumstance can plant a seed in your heart. You have control over your heart. So once I figured out, okay, how it got in there, I know uh, a root bears fruit, 
We just read the scripture, what kind of fruit? It ain't good. So how do we take, how do we get rid of it? How do we destroy that root of bitterness? First, we got to let God reveal it. You got to let God reveal it. Let's look at Psalm, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. Wow, that takes a humble heart to say that one. We don't always know. Clean me up, Lord. I like that. Why did David say that? Because we don't always know our heart. The bitterness is underneath. You can't always see it. It's hidden. You ever go look for something, you know, in the house and be like, hey, honey, uh, have you seen my keys? Well, yeah, they're on the kitchen table. Nope, I look there. They're on the kitchen table. I look there. They're not there. And sure enough, you come downstairs and look, and they're hidden right under the mail. They were there all the time, but you didn't see it. See, King David knew. He knew how easy it is to, for sin to creep in. There's always a chance, always a chance, church, for any of us to allow sin to creep in, which is why he said, search me, God. Search me and know my heart. Show me. Is there any iniquity? Show me, is there any unforgiveness? Show me, is there any bitterness? Show me, is there any hidden sin? Show me and search me. Is there anything that doesn't align with you? Show me. That takes humility. That takes humility. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, God, search me? It's the only way. It's the only way. You've got to be willing to say it. Search me. Not them. Not them. But me. There, there is a story in the um, Bible. I don't have this up there. I'm just going to tell you the story. In Acts 8 of Simon the Sorcerer. That's what he's called. Simon the Sorcerer. And he is a, a Gentile in Samaria. And the apostle uh, Philip came to preach the good news to Samaria about Jesus and salvation. And when Simon heard it, he received it. He received it and repented, and he got baptized. He was so excited that he continued to follow. The Bible says he continued to follow wherever Philip went. Simon went. And then Peter and John they heard about the revival that broke out in Samaria, so they went there to uh, lay hands on them and baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what they did. They came and they laid hands on all these Gentiles and baptized them in the Holy Spirit to where they received the, their, their prayer language and speaking in tongues. Simon says, oh, wow. How did you do that? I've got some money. Can I buy that power? I want some of that power. And Peter saw it. He said, mm, your heart is not right in the sight of God. Peter went on to even say in verse 23, he even identified it. 
And he said, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. He identifies the source of his sorcery as bitterness. Can it be that dangerous? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Let God reveal it. Amen? Amen? Number two, let grace remove it. Let grace remove it. Hebrews twelve fifteen. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. Free favor. When I was studying um, for this, I, studied, I probably studied more on this message than any other one, like because it is so important and it's so easy to fall into. I was listening to a sermon, and I heard this story of the man, this man and a woman. They went to a restaurant, and the waitress was very rude. She was having a terrible day. She was really rude, and they were so nice, and they were, you know, so patient. They're trying to talk to her. She didn't, just didn't want it. They even asked her, is there anything that we can pray? You seem like you know you're having a bad day, and she was very short, just rude, didn't want to have it, and then when the bill came, the bill was much higher than what they had. I mean, there's only two of them, and there's like four or five different meals on this bill. And they were like, this ain't our bill. So they thought for a minute. Well, we could go up to the counter and talk to the manager because that would be justice, right? We'll only pay what we're supposed to pay. They thought about that, but then she could really get in some trouble. Or they could have mercy and not tell on her and just pay the bill. But they only had enough money then for the bill. They would not be able to leave her a tip, and they really wanted to leave her a nice tip. So then he said, or a third option. We could show grace. One of us could go to the ATM, get more money, come back, pay the bill so she doesn't get in trouble by showing mercy, and be gracious and go above and give her what she doesn't deserve, which is a big tip. Of course, that's what they did. Of course, that's what they did. Because that's what it is. Justice is what we deserve. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Penalty of sin, mercy says, I'm not going to make you pay that. I'm not going to make you pay that bill. Grace is saying, I'm going to go a step above, not just, I'm not going to just show you mercy, but I'm going to go above and give you what you don't deserve. you got to let grace remove it. God wants to. He wants to help you remove that bitterness. Forgiveness is costly, but it sure is worth it. Forgiveness is costly, but it sure is worth it. Don't miss God's grace. It's free. It's free. Amen? Number three, let good replace it. Let good replace it. 
Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace, run towards holiness. Without it, we won't see the Lord. Ouch. Now, that doesn't mean all men will pursue peace with you. But that's clear that we have a choice to pursue peace and holiness. Romans 12, 21 says, we are to overcome evil with good. So you put those together, you pursue peace with all men and do good with all men. What does that look like? That looks like, it looks like this. Okay, my sister, man, she really hurt me. That wasn't right what she did. That wasn't right what she said. But she's sick. You know what? I'm going to pursue peace and holiness. I'm going to let good replace it. I'm going to go clean her house. I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to plant those flowers. Don't, she don't deserve it. But that doesn't matter because I'm going to replace that bitterness with good so it doesn't take root. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. We are to make war with sin, not with people. We are to make war with sin, not with people. The perfect example of, is of Joseph. Joseph, the Bible says Joseph's brothers hated him. Hated him. He was favored. Their entire lives, their father favored him. You might think that's a pretty good reason to have bitterness. That's a pretty good reason to hate somebody, but there's not a reason, period. There's just not. They hated him so much they wanted to kill him. They attempted to, and they, they changed their mind, and they decided we're just going to sell him. They sold their brother to slavery. He was taken from his family, from the father whom he loved because of their bitterness, because it took root and lived inside their hearts for years. But how did Joseph respond? He sold, taken away from his family for years, as a 17-year-old, for years. He didn't have any bitterness. Even while he was there, he's falsely accused, and now he's in prison. He's like legit sitting in prison for a few years. No bitterness. In fact, when his brothers came back, it was a famine, and when they came back, they were so scared, and they said, we're so sorry. They were willing to be slaves. And he said, no, 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 get up. Don't bow. I forgive you then that's, that's just mercy right there. But let me go a step further. Come, come live with me. I feed you in this famine. I, I got all this. I have control over this. I've got all this wealth. Come live with me. That would, Joseph was just a man like you and me. Just a man. And he didn't even have the Holy Spirit to lead him and to guide him and to teach him and to love him and to comfort him. We do. We do. There's not a reason. There's not a reason to harbor. You got to let it go and let good replace it. You got to let good replace it. 
Now, from a distance, you probably can't tell which one is sugar and which one is salt. But one's sugar and one's salt. They may look the same. They actually taste very different, right? Like sugar, by itself, that's pretty good. I could sit here and just eat the sugar, just dip my finger in it. That's good stuff, right? But salt? No. I ain't eating some salt by itself. Because salt by itself is nasty. But in reality, salt has more benefits. Salt has more benefits. It enhances other flavors. It has healing properties. And it preserves other foods. Don't you know that difficulties in our lives are hard by themselves? But God. But God. Come on. You ain't got to go any further. But God. Just like that salt adds flavor to those difficult times. He heals those difficult times. He heals those wounds. He strengthens our faith. Those difficult times strengthen our faith. They equipped us to minister, right? And they sure make us so much more appreciative of those good times. Forgive quick, forgive often. Forgive quick, forgive often. Amen? Let's all stand. If you have any bitterness in your heart, ask God to reveal it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Then let his grace remove it. It's free. He wants to. He's saying, let me help you. Let me help you. Take that away from you. And then you got to let good replace it. It can be costly, but I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. Let good replace it. That's what God did, see. God's justice, we deserve judgment. Justice, hear me, is we deserve judgment for our sins. That's just real. That would be just. That would be justice if we paid for our sins. But God said, I have mercy, and I'm going to send my son, and he's going to pay the price for every sin. That's what mercy is. That's what mercy did. God didn't stop there. He didn't just stop with mercy and say, I'm going to pay the price to to save you from from hell, from eternal damnation. But I'm going to go a step further, and I'm going to give you grace when you don't deserve, and I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit behind. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to just forgive you, but I'm going to equip you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to make sure that there is a place for you in heaven right next to me. That's grace.
grace if you are here and said I don't know that but I want it because I know there is someone if we could all just bow our heads close our eyes I don't want anybody to leave here today and not know that mercy and grace because it's free all you have to do is accept it Lord and Savior. He he is yours if you don't know him. If you just raise your hand because we're going to pray together. And that is just an acknowledgement to heaven that here I am, Lord. That's all that is. It's an acknowledgement to heaven. Here I am, Lord. Thank you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, my sin and ask you to forgive me. Help me, Lord, to walk with you. Teach me your ways. And I declare from this day forward I live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You never know in those hard times than we do in the good times. I recently did have a, a, a painful trial in my family where there were some looking at me. They were looking to me. How is she going to respond this time? Does she still got enough grace in her? Does she still got enough this message is that maybe you need to maybe you need to preach on it but there's always enough there's always enough he never runs out so we'll never run out if we just trust him and look to him we'll never run out we'll never run out of forgiveness we'll never run out of mercy we'll never run out of grace as long as you look to him as your source this word when we need it. That you remind us, Lord, every day to ask you to search our hearts. Search our hearts, Lord. Reveal to us what doesn't align with you, that doesn't represent you. We freely ask your grace to remove unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anything, anything that's not of you. We're so thankful for it. We're so thankful for we choose to walk and, and let good replace it. No matter, sometimes it may feel costly, but nothing compares to your cost. What cost you to give it to us so freely? What cost you to give mercy and grace to us so freely? Thank you, Lord. Amen. We are always here to pray for you. Prayer matters. We believe in it. We agree with it. God said it. That settles it, right? 
So we're gonna be up here ready and willing to pray for you. We're gonna close with one of my favorite songs. So I ask you to just, you know, I, I cut it a little short today just so that way y'all hang out and let's worship one more time with this song, amen? But please come up to the altars. We'd love to pray for you.